Hi guys and welcome to episode 73 of the Optical View Podcast. Today I have on Aranka Golfi. Aranka is a amateur boxer who may or may not turn pro in the future. We have a little bit of a conversation about that in this episode. And she's also a coach, uh, virtually and non-virtually as well. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one. I want to give a huge shout out to my sponsor, the one and only known across Canada and across Ontario, Tim Hortons, always fresh, always Tim Hortons. You are invited to the second Optical View Podcast Award Show. Happening September 30th in Bowmanville, Ontario, 182 Wellington Street. I'll see you guys there. Tickets will be on sale shortly. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. Today I have on Aranka Golfi. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It's going good. I'm excited to have you on here. I'm excited to be here. Now, before we jump into some of the juicy stuff, I have a couple quick rapid-fire questions for you. Okay, let's do it. Favorite genre of music? Uh, I would say 2010's Top 40. Okay. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, my resilience. What do you think is the best gift that you've ever received? Uh, well, my in-laws are paying for most of my wedding that's happening next month. So if that's got to be up there right now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to flip that around. What do you think is the best gift that you ever gave? Um, I think it's just my support uh, around me and my uh, just passing on lessons I've learned so other people don't have to make the same mistakes. I love that. Do you have a favorite quote? And if you do, what is it? Uh, those who venture, those who venture win. Um, in Hungarian, it's Aki Merazmier. Okay. If a movie ever gets made about you, who would you want to play you in the movie? Um, I'd say California, but if we're going like from age appropriate now, I'd say Shailene Woodley. Okay. Hmm. Do you have a favorite tattoo either on you or on somebody else? Um, I have two tattoos. I got one. I got. I get them as my boxing fights. So uh, I have Aki Mazmir. That would probably. I only have two, but uh, that would probably be my favorite tattoo because um, I was writing, and it's a word she gave to me at a time when I needed to hear them. Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna move on to this or that. Simple segment, mm-hmm. rapid fire still. Two options. You got to pick one. Audiobook or podcast? Podcast. Hot or cold weather? Hot weather. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning or night person? Night person. Tacos or burgers? Tacos. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Soup or salad? Salad. 
Apple or Android? Apple. Introverted or extroverted? Extroverted. My personal favorite, pizza or pasta? Pizza. All right, awesome. Let's get into it. Who are you and what do you do slash want to be known for? Uh, my name is, well, obviously, you know, my name is Aronka Golfi. I am a amateur boxer in Ontario. Also do uh, some influencing work. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, trying to break into that world. Educate people about boxing and try to make it an inclusive uh, sport rather than something that's associated with what we see in the movies. I'm uh, a defense lawyer in, uh, in Ontario. Now, I definitely want to talk on the lawyer stuff, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's begin here with your boxing story. How did you first get into boxing? So I had uh, an undergraduate uh, degree about like nine years ago. I was looking for a hobby and I saw um, a mom starring Shailene Woodley. <laughs> so that uh, circles back. And it's called Divergent, and she essentially was plucked from a world where no one fought into one where that was part of kind of the lifestyle. And I just had this sudden realization that I don't know how to fight, and that probably isn't a bad. Like it just, I think I've always had hints throughout my life that that was something I'd be interested in trying, but I just never had the time or the opportunity. Uh, I um, I found a kickboxing gym, and then never kind of back. So your first kind of venture into boxing was kickboxing. Yes, but it wasn't like boxer-sized kickboxing. This was like with a real like kickboxing who represented people like all over North America. And he like had a high kickboxing pedigree. So it was, he did not suffer fools. So I think getting, I was getting um, a good education. And now when did this transition, I guess, from kind of going from kickboxing to boxing happen? It happened around like December 2014, so about like six months after I got into uh, the sport, I kind of realized that at the time there wasn't really opportunities for women in kickboxing, and I wanted to be able to like I knew very quickly I wanted, and I I knew that there would likely be again at the time more opportunities in boxing than in uh, the kickboxing world for me. And so when did you have your first amateur fight? Uh, that would have been 2015, March 2015, or 16, wait, uh, 14, sorry, March 2016 um, in Duluth, Minnesota, Proctor, Minnesota, I guess, to be precise. Were you living in Minnesota at the time? No, I live um, in Thunder Bay, still uh, live in Thunder Bay. So that's the place to get fights is four hours away. So I just hopped in a car with my coach, drove four hours, fought, and then middle four hours. Wow, that's pretty mm -hmm. crazy. So there's not many fights happening up there in Thunder Bay. No, we had for a while. Um but I think those are just e easier to sanction, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I just know there have been boxing fights in Thunder Bay, like, maybe since the early 2000s. It used to be really, there used to be, like, most of the national team used to be based out of Thunder Bay a long time ago. Um, you know, out of, 
like, you know, it was just a moment in time where that, that all came together. And, uh, but ever since that time, there really hasn't been. So you Winnipeg, you're going to uh, Minneapolis, uh, maybe uh, Duluth. So like you're going at least eight to 10. Mm. And now the gym that you used to train out of, is that still your home gym to this day? No. So I've, uh, I was training out of, Le- uh, so the original gym was called PMA. So that doesn't, it was out of a, uh, like a high school gymnasium that they rented every couple nights. Uh, that I was only there for six months. Then I went to another gym that I went to for maybe like, I don't know, five months. And then I spent the last years at a gym called Leading Edge in Thunder Bay. It's more of an MMA gym. And then I left them last November and went and started Girls Just Want a Box uh, in Toronto. So I was commuting two hours by plane to get to my gym. But I recently just left them, actually. Uh, left that gym and I'm joining a new gym. Uh, it's just I haven't quite made a formal announcement about which one that is yet. Oh, okay. So you've got you've got plans on where the new home gym's going to be. You just can't announce it yet. Yeah, I'm working with that coach already. Um, remotely, can't announce it because I need to. Uh, there's a few things that need to be ironed out first that I can before I can announce uh, the announcement. <laughs> Announcing the announcement. I love it. Yeah. So now, how many amateur fights have you had to this day right now? So I've had 10. Um, I would love to have had more, but just being in Thunder Bay, it was like, cost me at least $1,000. So it's not like in like, like the GTA where you get to fight every couple of weekends. It's not going to, like, you just drive down the road or drive a couple of hours. It's like for us in Thunder Bay to get a fight is like a huge undertaking. I've fought um, all over North America to get, like, I've gone america get fights so um that's why it's only a 10 but um with my news coming up it's going to go up by a lot quite quickly so now i've seen some of your posts online now let's can you summarize really quickly some of the lessons that you've learned throughout your over nine years experience and 10 and 10 amateur fights um just you have to be really careful in seeing at the amateur level because I think that there's really great coaches and some great coaches who maybe just aren't focused on you and giving you the time you deserve um who are otherwise great there's different gyms are good for different people so as I went to a gym and I didn't find it a great environment for me personally, doesn't mean it's not a great gym otherwise or that I wouldn't encourage uh other people to go there when they ask for recommendation um i think it's just like the importance of safety and if a coach isn't looking out for your safety or making the right calls and putting your health on the line head injuries and stuff like that you got to be careful you just want to like the more experience you get in the small sport the more you realize how having a very very competent um experienced coach like how important that is because like just because a coach is good for you at one point in your career doesn't mean they're good for you part like you outgrow gyms you outgrow coaches and sometimes your situation you outgrow situations too so um yeah it's just 
lot in my boxing. Um, like it might sound like only 10 fights, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a journey. <laughs> now, when you're mentioning that, a question immediately popped into my head. How do you find the right gym for you or for somebody else? How, how would they know when they found that right gym and that right coach? Honestly, I met a coach that you recently met too. And um, it was like, in my nine years of boxing, I never clicked with a coach like that. I just, like, it was just, I actually posted a clip of me working with that on on my Insta. And when I realized, oh, this is the coach that'll make me a champion. Like, it just, it was like, it was just bizarre. In nine years, I've never, oh, this person believes in me with their whole heart. And they have the skills to cultivate my talent. And it was just like, it was like, experience. I've never experienced that in nine years. And I didn't go into that situation being like, I'm going to leave my gym or I'm getting poached or anything like that. Like, no, like there was other issues, like, like more financial, like just being going to a gym so far away. But, uh, but yeah, it was just, you just, for me, asked me that same question a month ago, my answer would have been very different. But when you're first starting out, um, it's like, do you, does your coach, um, are you comfortable approaching the coach about your goals? Does the coach make you uncomfortable? And not like they're doing anything wrong. It's just sometimes coaches have a demeanor that just doesn't mesh with you. Like I've had coaches that were amazing coaches. It's just they they scared me. Like the coach scared me, and that's how you know maybe it's not a good match. Um, so it's just uh, it's just it's really on a person to person basis. And really, can you connect with that coach? Do you believe that they believe in you? Craziest goals. So, because if you have a coach, they can be the best coach in the world. If they don't think you can do it, then you don't want to be fighting under them. I had a coach where I went into a fight, I fought, and he said, man, I was worried for you going into that one. And I was like, well, why would you tell your fighter that? If you were worried for fighting under you, you know, it's that sort of stuff. Yeah, a million percent. Now, you mentioned some goals of yours um what are some goals of yours for short term and, and now moving kind of the longer term um short term i'm trying to team at 178 pounds um it's a pretty lean uh, i think the girl who is on has the spot right now uh, got it by walkover so it's pretty it's a pretty lean uh, weight category for women's boxing there's not a lot of opportunity there it's not like an olympic weight class um, that sort of stuff. So I wanted to snag that spot uh, to get nationalist team experience, um, and then uh, move down in weight from there. So it definitely make the national team is my short term goal. Now you mentioned not an Olympic weight class. Is that something that mm. you think you might have in your sights? Is is trying to now pursue an Olympic an Olympic trials or Olympic team? I would love to do an Olympic trials. Um, the uh, part, the pro- not problem, but I'm eventually going to have to fight. Ebo is her name. Ebo. Um, if I wanted to do that, like she doesn't really have any competition in Canada right now. She's currently the world champion. It would really get a lot of things out of the way if I were to fight her and win, because then it's kind of like you have the Canadian spot in the world. So it's, it's, it's challenging. I think having that opponent, that being the person in Canada who has that spot, that the closest weight class I could get to is just so dominant that it would be a incredibly ambitious goal, but also I have nothing to lose. So what do I, 
Um, so I will, we'll put it like, I'm not saying that's not really, honestly, my goal. I'm just, I box cause I love it. Um, I want to levels and it's not because I want a medal or because I want a championship or that sort of thing. It's because like, for me, I just want to test myself at the highest levels with all the variety of people. And the best opportunity is to do that on the Olympic stage or not the Olympic stage, but just the world stage internationally. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a big question. Cause like when you're a woman in Canada and the closest Olympic weight class is 165, you're like, mm. uh, it could, it would be definitely a uphill battle. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's quite a big difference between 178 and 165. Is that, is that a cut that you've done before? Is that something yes. that you would be able to do easy? Oh. Um, I've actually lost like 10 working with this new coach. I've lost like five to like seven pounds in the first week and a half intensity of the workouts and just like a slight diet change um so yeah i've i've fought actually as low as 149 before so i will not do that again yes because i know weight cutting's uh huge in in mma and and in wrestling and and jujitsu and those kind of things it's obviously still very big in boxing. What do you think the negative and positive effects of weight cutting is? Honestly, I don't even cut weight. I just like diet down to that, like, and then try to maintain it within 10 pounds. It's just, I got very sick with COVID during the pandemic. So I've gained a lot of weight. So pre-pandemic, I was fighting around a 178, 165. It's just, I gained that weight. So there's definitely huge negative effects. So I like, I don't do the traditional cutting because you can't in um, boxing because the weigh-ins are the same day. So it doesn't give you enough time to refuel. So this would just be. Now that's all amateur. Do you have any hopes, dreams, or ambitions of turning pro? See, I didn't, but then I met like, oh yeah, you got it. Like who's trained 27 world champions. And he's like, you can be a world champion. Like he actually contacted me after my last fight. Um, in British Columbia uh, through a friend um, and said that like I could it could be and he's trained he's trained uh, trained uh, or worked with 27 of them so I'm like I'm definitely thinking about like very limited uh, in what I was capable of before I met this coach um, so I maybe we'll see that's now the cool thing about over 10 fights is I think you move into open class now. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I've uh, kind of upped it my training. Um, it's, and it's going to get more. It's kind of the US thing I'm kind of going with where I don't know if you kind of like, you know, how when you're fighting an American, you kind of have to worry a little bit because there's a reason they. So I'm kind of training with that kind of uh, American mindset or going into open class because um you know boxing is if you're gonna up that level and go into those three minute rounds uh you better be you better be ready for it now can you touch on that and kind of briefly explain to everyone what's this american mindset i think that it's just there's there like you're not gonna go to the gym and train for a day you're gonna get up you're gonna run every single morning for like 45 minutes followed by like 10 minutes of shadow boxing or before or after. Oh, and you're going to work on the bag for 10, three, 10 rounds, three minutes each. You're going to skip rope for at least 10 minutes. You're going to do like 500 uh, crunches or sit-ups. 
and that's going to go up to 800 i'm told and uh it's just like a really it's like a three-hour commitment and that's monday to friday uh and then you have the saturday sunday arrest days but that's going to go up like it's probably going to be like a four-hour commitment a day um once um i'm kind of like my my fitness is up to the level where i can handle that so it's just it's it's like next level where kids is like you go to a class maybe you work with a coach for like an hour after like half hour maybe you run like three times a week um it's more of that idea where this is like it's it's like high level it's like really intense and i think that in the u.s the the i think the u.s demands more of their athletes like i think canada has some great coaches i think our culture is different though Mm, okay so you like is it fair to say that you think boxing isn't the same sport or scene is in the same light in Canada as it is in America I think that there's a reason that the USA is winning the medals and Canada isn't because Canada has some really talented but I think it's just the model of training the athletes is well and of course there's more people to draw from in the US too so like maybe gotta take think like I just think the American boxers, the way they're trained, is just a lot more intense. So you'll even see that if you go to a club show and a team from the States comes up, you'll see that quality between, uh, say, like a first fighter from from like American gym and then a first fight from a Canadian fighter at a Canadian gym. Um, I just feel like, honestly, there's a quality difference. And of course, liars in that. Um, but I, that's just what I've been definitely saw that I saw that at women's reign when I was there there's a I think a gym from North Carolina fighters I was really impressed or maybe it was South Carolina whatever the, the quality was good good props to that gym anyway so I'm curious now what your what your current training regimen is I know you spoke a bit on running every day but what will it turn into if you kind of jump into a fight camp per se um, I'm actually not sure because I just started with this coach. So he's just trying to get me up to, like, I'm honestly pretty sure every day is a fight camp with this guy. But um, so right now it's, uh, I, I shadow box for 10 minutes first thing in the morning. Then I go for a 45 minute run, 45 minutes to an hour, five minutes. It's very specific. Um, and then I, in the, like after this, I'm going to do uh, four rounds of shadow boxing three-minute rounds, 10-minute skipping, uh, going between freestyle and drills for each um, round, and then I end with 500 uh, crunches or sit-ups. So that's where I'm starting with. But, uh, we're going to reconvene in a week, and then it's going to go up. But I think he's training me up for a fight anyway. So I think this is kind of just – I think it's just every day to fight camp, <laughs> I think. I'm not sure. I haven't been – We've only been working together for two weeks now, so I'm not really sure. But yeah. so you know, you didn't mention any sparring in there. Is sparring something that you you do often, and who? No. Go on. Yeah, who? Um, I used to go down and spar with girls just want to box, and that was really like it was a lot of money for me to go down there, and it was a, a really exhausting. I don't really have anyone to spar locally, but um. I have not been sparring right now. We're just working on getting my fitness up with that coach uh, like a week and a half ago, which is really good, but he's very like intentional in his sparring. So if you're going to spar, it's like sparring for the sake of sparring and there's like limited supervision. It's sparring and you're going to learn exactly what he wants you to learn in that session. 
once um I think uh, I'm not really sure what his plan is for that but um yeah I, I honestly I'm at a point in my boxing where I don't need to spar every weekend and I think that causes more harm than than good uh it- yeah that was something I wanted to touch on are you very selective on who you spar yes why every you- time I'm not I get I get concussed every time I'm not well, because like I've had some, it's been nine years. I've had some head injuries and you're going to, you're every, I, I look at it as everyone who starts their boxing career with a thousand dollars. Every time they get hit in the head or they get a bad hit or they get cost, they lose a couple dollars. And eventually you're going to have zero dollars and you're there. That's the end of your career. So I used to not be selective and spar anyone. And I got realized until a couple years into boxing that you're not supposed to see black every time you get hit. Like it took me years to figure that out. Um, so I, I'm very selective. I, I, and I wasn't selective a few weeks ago and I got hit pretty hard in a situation. I probably shouldn't have been sparring. Honestly, I just was kind of sluggish and not feeling it. And like every time, like my being in a combat sport is very important to me because I want to know who I am when I'm 50, but I also want to, um, be able to do this. So I'm just trying to be more careful when I spar. It's because I'm learning something. I'm not sparring just to provide. You know what I mean? Like I just I'm a little bit more conservative, and because um, there's no point of taking uh, impact if you don't. You're just going to shorten your career. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree on that. I I've had a, a couple different boxes on here, and almost every single one of them has said that. They do either tech sparring, which is, you know, very technical and you're just kind of touching and playing, or they do something where it's almost like drills, but they pick something to work on and just focus on that one thing for that round and then, or that session, right? Yep. What? That's the smart way to do it. Go on. Sorry. No, go on. Oh, that's just the smart comes with, like, when you first start, you want to prove yourself, you want to bar everyone and you want to like you know maybe be a gym warrior but concussions you get the more um, injuries you get the more you just learn to be a little more conservative in your approach and you don't have anything to prove at a certain point you just you're just trying to better yourself as a boxer and if some a situation is not going to better you then you you just don't go do it a million percent yeah Uh, something that i wanted to bring up here is is what drills do you think over the nine years plus experience that you have have most benefited you? Um, I think it, it's that the drills that have got to be that those live drills, the gym I was at like in Thunder Bay at Leading Edge, a lot of drills where it is like, um, it's a lot of repetition, but they, don't let you get because like you can do drills with a part and get into a pattern and then you're just your muscle memory and you're not really learning anything i like the drills where um, my your partner's moving around you're it's not really live sparring so much because you're not really um you're not really going for you know not even a, you're just trying to get used to moving your head moving your body in a certain way I'm um, trying out a combination that you might not be comfortable trying out in 
um, sparring, but uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of just a drill situation. So you'll do it. Uh, it's like that. Um, I, Cause I think like stuff like the bag and that that's mostly just for conditioning. Um, when you can really work with a live person and take your head off, that's invaluable. Yes. And that's something else I wanted to bring up here. You know, you mentioned how tough it is to find fights. How tough is it, is it for you to find, you know, fair uh, level training partners? Um, well, in, in Thunder Bay, there's a lot of teenage, there's like the group of team right now, um, the essentially teenage boys. And I'm not going to get very far sparring teenage boys. Like they're going to be, they're going to be faster. They're often going to be um, they're smaller. It, it's just not a. It's just not beneficial for me to seek them out to spar. They're great kids. Like I've been seeing them at the gym since like three, grown up in front of me. Um, but they're just not a good match for me. So uh, I have a lot of trouble because even I went to like, bro, last year and everyone was considerably smaller. So just being a, a woman who's like five nine fighting at a heavier weight class, if it's like unfair to the other person because of just my sheer size like my my weight and size I'm usually quite a bit taller than my sparring partner um even if they are a similar weight so it can well and that's why I was going to the girls just want to box sparring camps I was getting or days I was they have, I was getting some good uh like weight matches and height matches and that sort of thing um it's just for me to do that travel for yeah, just it's financially taxing because I'm paying for the flight to get there and back and where I, and then the food while I'm away. And also um, it's just exhausting. And to do that for four or five rounds of sparring isn't really worth it. It's a cost benefit. Yes. Now I want to jump in a bit on confidence and, and self-perception, right? Because I can't say for you, but I definitely know for me is, uh, you know, self-perception and confidence, there'll be different levels depending on the day. How do you yeah. find your self-confidence and your self-perception? Um, with that, I actually, mine used to be terrible. Like my first few fights, I'd have panic attacks in the, rings, in the ring because I was to believe in myself as a person and I had as a person just in general and then a very very bad anxiety that was undiagnosed at the time so i had to work on developing the mental side of the game because no one at my gym was teaching me that um i actually had a coach say a week before a fight you have the or your boxing's good but your or your mental game is awful you're mentally weak and i'm like wait for tell me that but this person was right they were right and then um I choked, I choked again at a fight and cause I just didn't have a confidence. And then this person was like, she's like, you need help. And I was like, fair. So actually I went into therapy and I've been in therapy ever since. And it's been a game changer self and that confidence as a human level. And then I could expand that to at an athletic level to where I am today. And I feel like I can achieve anything. Whereas when I first started my boxing journey, I didn't have that mental strength. So that's a way that I've grown through the sport. Now, besides therapy, is there anything that you've done? Maybe it's a daily task or something you do weekly yep. that has improved your self-confidence. 
yeah, it's just getting out there and doing it more um, has really helped me uh, getting getting and doing more fights. Right, going a huge confidence lift for me was fighting in Mexico. Um, I had not fought in three years. I almost died of COVID. <laughs> Bad. I got long COVID. I had a long recovery, and then I decided I'm going to go to Mexico and fight. I went with the West Coast Wonder Woman. So I went and I was having like a breakdown before my fight because I'm in, I'm like, what am I doing fighting in Mexico? And I, my coaches weren't there. I had like coaches from a very qualified coast to coast actually Canada. So that was good. But um, I was just having like a meltdown. Um, so I ended up calling my coach in Canada and being like, ah, like sobbing. And she got me moved, bless her heart. She got me moved up the card. So I was like the fifth. And I, I won, I won by stoppage um, after the second round. So that boosted my confidence big time because it just took so much, so much, it took so much out of me to go to Mexico, to believe I could do it. And I actually left my gym a month before that fight. It was just a lot and that really raised my confidence. So just getting out there doing it, doing something that you don't think you can do. Um, I do meditation that daily, especially when I'm in camp. Um, I do float tank. Uh, I do that maybe like once a once twice a month for an hour. Uh, journaling um, and just yeah, just like trying. Uh, I I got this uh, thing from a sports psychologist where you make an I and then you write down everything you're proud of. And every time you leave your house, you're like, you put it by your door. Every time you leave your house, you're going to see something like you write down every day. And then you just, you have evidence of what you've accomplished that builds up your uh, positivity and belief in yourself as well. So there's so many different little activities that you can work into your day to improve your confidence and your self-belief. Mm. And I know that those are, first off, those are wonderful and beautiful. And I know you touched on on a lot of things that are multi-purpose. And they also work as not only recovery, but they also work as, as self-care. Is there anything that you ha didn't touch on that you do for self-care? Recover athletic recovery place in my town is actually owned by a, a former professional boxer. Um, she like brought in these like leg that that leg compression things they like uh you know like you, you it's like big pants and it like, massages your legs I do that um when I'm training really hard and I I like that I get a massage monthly like otherwise my shoulders are just wrecked um yeah just stuff like that I uh, honestly like the boxing the social media work pick up pretty much all my time now uh but i used to i like watching uh, comedy podcasts on youtube I unwind so yeah like it's um it's a big mesh of things i love that so much you gotta check out my episode with cliff knight then he's a professional comedian okay i'm gonna check it out <laughs> now let, let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on these quote-unquote YouTube boxers. Yeah. Right? W what do you think about these people jumping into it? The KSI, the Jake Pauls, the Logan Paul? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think in a sense that previously in professional boxing, 
different group of people decided what happened. Like these, like the Don King types and those like famous promoters of their day um, from before we were born. <laughs> but now the power back. So part of my motivation for my social media is that if I start working on it now, when I'm in the position, like say I go in the position to get big fights, I think it's the per people media following and com combined with skill are the ones who are going to get big opportunities. And I think Logan Paul, KSI, is taking back the power from the old school promoters and putting it in the hands of the next generation, essentially. And I think it's brilliant because um, like Logan Paul and his content as a YouTube creator, I wasn't like I 2008, like not making content, but watching content since the very early days of it. So as a content creator, I'm not into his content, but I can really appreciate um, how he's changing the face of boxing through who holds the power. And I think that's really cool because it also, I feel like I can take back the power by creating content and getting my face out there, developing a fan base before I even hit the pros. So, and that gives me more sway in the business of boxing. Because boxing is not just skills, it's also business. Yes, exactly. It, I, I think it exactly is. And unfortunately, there's a lot of times that the best boxers, they don't even get their kind of spotlight until their career is already over. Yep. And that's why I'm kind of uh, dealing with that. Right? Like, I'm trying to head that off with a 10 fight. Sure. I have a few years to grow that following. So it's not, oh, I'm a pro now. I'm going to start my YouTube channel or I'm going to start my Instagram. I'm starting it now so that I might not be the best boxer in three years if I do decide to go pro, but I'm going to have the biggest social media fight, big fights. It's just, it's taking, the, it's taking the power back from the promoters. That's what it's all about. And it makes the job easier as well, right? It's a lot easier mm -hmm. to pick somebody who has 10 million followers versus 1,000. Yeah, that's how you sell tickets, right? So, and it's all about, I heard kind of Heather Hardy and she, that's how she built her career, selling tickets and hustling on the business. Like it's so important to, to hustle on the business. Logan Paul, I think he genuinely loves boxing. To dedicate that much time to it, you clearly have to have a passion for the sport as well. So I, like, I respect him. Like I'm not a fan of him as a YouTube creator or anything, but I think he's smart. He's smart. Like, I think he, uh, he knows what he's doing. He's the millionaire and not me. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now something that stuck out to me immediately was you were, you, you're verified on Instagram. How did that come about? Oh, you just pay 20 bucks. It boosts oh. your material. Yeah. 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 You, like, um, the comedians make fun of each other on their podcasts, right? About, oh, you pay, you have the check mark, you paid, uh, you paid the money. It's actually, I did it because uh, Stacia and the Natural, she's on Instagram as a following to me, but I make the US Olympic team. Uh, she's going to be competing in the trials in December in Lafayette. And she had a check mark, and then she's like, oh, right. And I'm like, okay. Um, so, and as she said, the algorithm will favor you if you have the check mark. So I was like, yeah. And I did notice I had the check mark. Um, the algorithm was pushing my material out more. And when you're spending like, like, I don't know, like a on making content, you want people to see it. So 20 bucks is nothing. Yeah, that's, that was kind of bringing my next point is 
you've been pumping out so much content. I mean, realistically, how much time are you spending either per day or per week on your social media? I'd probably say, like, making content probably, like, an hour to two. I do two videos every single day. I've been doing that since February. Um, I used to do three, but it was kind of getting too much. Um, I'm also going now so now I can stream on TikTok to hit 1,000 followers so I'm actually going to be um, uh, streaming on kick I'm working with the social media uh, management group that's actually sponsored me before I even had any videos they just saw the potential in my I guess personality I don't and um, they uh, are more they promote more like gaming to game um, on on like and that sort of stuff so I'm going to be uh, kind of doing more streaming on kick it's called. So I'll maybe like stream for an hour on TikTok and then an hour until I get bored. So I'm just learning how to do that. Um, so it's right now it's an hour, two hours a day, but it's going to be much, it's going to be more uh, and going into just trying to monetize uh, what I do because um, yeah, it's a lot of time, right? You want to get paid for it at some point. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm curious because you mentioned you are a lawyer. How do mm-hmm. you how do you balance your work life and boxing and social media? How do you balance all of those? Well, I get up at like um, like I get up at like six, seven. I do my run, my workout in the morning. Go to work. I start at eight thirty nine. I'll work. So um, I'll do like social media over lunch, work till like 4.30, uh, do some social media, app, being, just being real guys, <laughs> um, do stuff like this. And then I'll hit the gym like 7.30 and then do some social media before I go to bed. Like right now I'm working on, I have a Champions of History series. I'm trying to bring uh, light to some of the champions of the past we may have forgotten, uh, the ones the promoters decided not to. Uh, make the star of the show. Uh, so I'm actually working on a video of uh, Freddy right now um, to showcase him. So that's probably what I'm going to do tonight after my workout. So yeah, it's, it's uh, a lot of research, a lot of uh, work, and it's exhausting. But you know, um, I feel like right now I'm reaching my, um, you know, they say it takes 10 years to make an overnight success, and I'm a half years. So <laughs> this is my moment. You got to push, right? Wow. I, I, I love that, uh, what you're doing, promotion, all the series that you're doing when you had the series of the, I'm not sure if it's even completed, maybe I missed one, but the series of the, the 10 lessons you learned for every amateur fight you had. Yes. Oh, yeah. Where, where do you come up with these ideas? Do you have a book and you write these ideas down and then you, when, you know, when you finish one, you move on to the next? Or how do you come up with these ideas? Um, I just kind of like they just flow. I'm really a creative person and my job is so I really um I really like this is my creative outlet. So they just kind of come to me. Sometimes I'm inspired by something someone says to me or an experience that I've had. Um I'm really into storytelling, so I like format videos with stories but I'm kind of nervous to do that because YouTube I find is a bit of a hostile commenting environment so and that's where they go um I'm kind of like I have plans even for the future that we have you haven't even seen on my channel yet um I used to fly a lot to my old gym so I would do it on the notebook or I have a note on my 
on my phone. I don't know. They just kind of come to me like so long and there's so many lessons I want people to learn without making the mistakes I did. Let's touch a little bit on that. What do you think, uh, you know, let's give us the top three lessons that you've learned that you don't want other people to make. Um, yeah. So number one, I'm just, I'm going to do one to three instead of three to one. Number one is head movement. Like moving your head is more important than anything. Like just move your head would be number one. Number one is don't let don't let a coach or a teammate or anyone like treat you you can get the lessons they have. So someone can be, I always say someone can be the most amazing boxer and a terrible coach, or they could be a terrible boxer and the most amazing. Um, just don't, just don't let people treat you bad, whether it be someone who's super good at your gym and they think they have the right to, or a coach who is a coach and, but they just treat you like crap, but they teach you good lessons. Um, Cause I put, I put up a little, just because I wanted the knowledge. I wish I would have maybe set better boundaries. Guess number two, we set, set boundaries. Um, number three would, would be like, I know you prove that you're willing to go to any length to get the fight or to get the training. Just don't put yourself into debt for it, like too much debt. Because um, I'm trying to get my affairs in order for my next big move in boxing. And honestly, I'm paying off a credit card bill because I've been going to Toronto every weekend to spar. And what did I really have to do that? Probably not. But I just felt like I want to show that, like, hey, I'm willing to do anything to achieve achieve my goals. And, um, like, you know, I'm an adult. I made my choices. But maybe don't do that. And I've also spent $900 to make it to a fight once when I was stuck in Mexico trying to make it to a fight in Toronto. $900 on a one-way ticket because my flight was delayed three days. And I would have missed the fight at Brampton Cup. So don't do that. Don't do a one-way ticket. Those are my top three. <laughs> and you've also kind of moved into the reviews of different boxing gear. Is that a one-time thing or do you see more of that? See, the thing about reviews of boxing gear is that costs money. <laughs> so uh, as I said, I'm paying off my credit card bill. Um, and that's why I say like, I'm also trying to monetize, right? So I did speak to the Warrior Fights um and they were they liked the review i did of the stuff from their store so we're going to do a collab i'm going to go in there uh, those guys have like a lot of on that we're going to talk about some of the products i have that uh i need to do but i live in thunder bay right so for me to go do that collaboration it's a flight so i think about that um so like it's not so it's like thunder bay is a 15 hour drive right from down from toronto so it's really hard to do in one stretch like people do it but i'm not one of them uh so it's just it's a lot to get down from uh, down there from thunder bay so that that is i had a um i had someone another company uh contact me about a sponsorship for like hand boxing like handmade like they sent me a video of being sewn shoes and they're like can you promote this and i'm like okay well it's like you're literally sewing yeah probably <laughs> like like, have you ever, like, I've never even thought about how my boxing shoes are made. So that's crazy. Um, so that, um, and I'm also, my management is working at getting some deals. Like, the thing is, like, I can go to a store and, like, that haul video cost me $300. And I don't really get, pay, I haven't monetized my channel yet. So it's kind of, like, expensive let's put it that way I'm gonna do some a lot of them are gonna be sponsored I apologize that they're sponsored it's just 
like they're expensive. So that it's how it makes it possible. Now I have to give a little uh, teaser here. Warrior Fight Store. I know the two gentlemen who uh, who own it and run it. They either have or will be coming on this podcast shortly, and that's all I that's all I can say. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, they're getting a lot of shoutouts all around today. <laughs> I've been going there probably since. Uh, I would say since the second time I started buying different things. So I've Whoa, known them awesome. for a long time, right? They my first time, first time going there was a like candy store. Yeah, it's it's great. They they have um, just about anything you can think of, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Anyways, not sponsored by them, but they will be coming on. So yeah, so. awesome. <laughs> Now, I, I want to touch on a little bit of the coaching that you do. You offer one-on-one coaching and virtual coaching as well, correct? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't have a ton of clients right now, but uh, I, yeah, I could do coaching. It's super affordable. It's uh, $50 an hour Canadian. I know a lot of the coaches in Canada and Ontario, it's like $100 an hour to so $90 an hour. I don't do that. Um it's just fifty dollars an hour. I can do it online, uh, and I was doing that during the pandemic through my old gym. Uh, and uh, yeah, if and people are in Thunder Bay, I do in, in persons in Thunder Bay out of my out of. What can people expect if they book with you? Um, it's just like that personal uh, touch. Just don't have any fight experience, so I bring fight experience to the table. Um, I've also worked with a lot of different coaches around uh, Canada and the U.S. and, like, honestly, Mexico at this point. So it's just bringing that very, like, broad knowledge because I think, like, if you see a fighter fight, you could tell, oh, they're from that gym. They're from that gym. Whereas, like, I'm kind of like a a mismatch or mismatch, mismatch, (laughs) like a smorgasbord of uh, different styles and so, like, I'm not going to see a fighter and be like, you have to fight in this style. I'll see what, see them where they are and give a one-on-one where I'm taking into account their style and changing the mechanics, maybe, like, improving their mechanics. I'm not trying to create a, new diff- a whole different fighter based on, like, what I think a good fighter is because I think good fighters come in sizes, styles. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just a personalized uh, kind of, Coaching, that's not cookie cutter idea. Now, I'm going to ask the question that that basically begs to be asked right now. What kind of style is your style? You just talked about style. So what kind is your style? Um, I'm definitely a power puncher. My goal right now is to knock out someone's jab. Um, I have an incredibly good jab. Uh, I have a lot of power. So I have the same amount of power as... I have the same amount of power in my lead hand as my backhand. So I'm not fast, but I have the ability to end the fight with my power. So I think that turns a lot of coaches off because they're, uh, the fast, especially in Canada, we have that you punch, throw a combo, get out, go in, throw a combo, get out, go in, throw a combo. Like that's more the Canadian style boxing. Whereas I'm, I don't move as fast. I have uh, incredible power. So that's kind of my my thing. 
Now, for you to get in, I know you mentioned that you're the taller fighter a lot of times, but for you to get inside your range, are you using lots of different feints? Yeah, I do that. I honestly, uh, like, because I'm, I have a long reach and I'm taller, I do try to keep that, uh, the distance. That's my main, but like, because I really don't have a lot of reason to get in uh, with the, like, how much shorter a lot of my opponents are. But, uh, I thought was like quite like I was heavyweight so she weighed like I don't know like 30 25 30 pounds more than me um so with her it was a lot harder so I did kind of just engage and yeah it was like a lot of feints catching catching the jab stepping in getting the chin down and um I don't think I'd ever do that I did post the full fight on my Instagram boxing JD because I don't ever plan on doing that again it was a foolish approach <laughs> but um that's also the was the push to like lose weight and get down to uh, a weight class that actually has a limit to the max uh so yeah it's just mostly try to stay on the outside but when I do go in I uh is yeah it's faint but it's also catching that jab is really important and getting offline now I could probably talk to you about boxing for hours so I better I better slowly jump off that subject there I okay. do want on your management you mentioned that you have a management team Who, who's this management yeah. how do you them? so i'm working with sweet creations um they do media kind of management graphic design video editing uh it's kind of they have like a subscription model that you could do where it's like levels um they're based on the united states so the prices are american so keep that in mind use code rock for r-o-c-k-e-r um, but, uh, yeah, like they have this subscription model. Um, I've been working with them since I started, I reached out, I essentially just reached out, Hey, this is what I want to do. Uh, and like, not well, looking for a sponsorship, just looking for help with like getting my, uh, influence. and, uh, we had a meeting, they said they wanted to get into like athletes and female athletes and combat athletes. So they offered me sponsorship right on the spot after I reached out. So it was really nice. Now, in terms of getting an agent, I mean, I know that's more geared towards being a pro. Do you think that you would ever get one? Um, I'm actually just learning about So right now, um, I'm going more into like the social media, like management and that so the way I'm running my career is there's two sides. There's the social media business side and there's business side. So the, as an amateur, <laughs> there's not much business going on. Um, but it's uh, it's just like, you know, like the coaching, where am I going to fight? How am I going to find out what's going on? Who am I fighting? What tournaments are going? am I going to? Um, and then the social media side, yeah, that's where you'd have the management and the agent and that. Almost setting me up for if I did go pro. But um, like I don't have a, I don't have an agent or anything yet. But I do have management that reaches out, to, like different brands or um, like sports agents and and that sort of stuff. Because that's what links you with the sponsorship. Just learning how this works. So, because uh, I only recently started kind of blowing up a little bit more online, um, and uh, yeah, I just started taking off. I'm kind of like I said, I'm getting my overnight success. So I'm just learning. And now I think I I think I heard yesterday you mentioned this was your first podcast, correct? Yeah, this is my first. It's exciting. I love I love podcasts. Like I'm always I fall asleep to them. 
past like since like high school when people didn't even know they existed like um like i listened to a podcast so long ago that like you would have to listen to browser like you weren't you wouldn't even listen to it on an app so yeah no my first one well hopefully you don't fall asleep to this one i might i might i i don't know like i i fall asleep to all the podcasts like it's just they're calming because you get used to someone's voice uh, that just kind of brings you comfort. And then I did, I met one of my favorite podcasters in person um, at the dance in uh, our comedy club, I guess, in uh, Toronto. And it was like the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. Uh, um, it was Annie Letterman. Um, and I got her to do like the boxing pose and everything at the meet and greet. It was kind of corny, but she was, they say don't meet your, uh, like she was everything in person that you would expect. That's awesome. You mentioned the promo code Rocker. Is that your is that your nickname? Yeah. So since I first started boxing, um, like I said, I have a lot of power, and I've always I've had a lot of power since day one. That's just kind of like my gift. Um, and there's this guy who I still work with occasionally at uh, the gym, who, uh, and then like kind of sounds like Rocker. Like I don't know, it kind of works. So he would just always call me Rocker. And um, that was like the very beginning, almost like the second gym I was at in the first year of my boxing. And then when I was signing up for West Coast Wonder Woman, they asked for your fight name. And I was like, oh, well, it has to be Rocker because that's what I rock people. And that is what uh, my, my name has really been unofficially for like eight years. Wow. What a story behind that. Mm-hmm. And now let's move on to the the instagram name and i think it's the same on tiktok here boxing underscore jd what's the jd stand for uh juris doctor uh lawyer that's the when you uh finish law school wow that's pretty crazy Mm -hmm. so you're kind of blending the two worlds super obvious it's very like it's like webmd almost like it's kind of like that idea um idea from i've had it for a long time um coach when i first started this when instagram was kind of in social media um i had a coach that was like ronka stop posting online please and i was like okay so i i like did like i don't know it's just i got i got like i kind of like coached on uh, posting trivial things so kind of just like tell me get off social media anything it was just like okay if the coach says this i'm gonna do it like 100 percent. and then yeah so i got off social media for a while but i had that account and i just started using it more actively in the last year wow okay well is there anything that i haven't asked you that you think we should touch on no i don't think so perfect well i've got three closing questions i ask every one of my guests i'm excited to ask them to you are you ready for the first one yeah. What three qualities do you possess that make you successful? Um, I think that I said earlier, um, I'm resourceful and I'm smart. RSR, I love it. Mm-hmm. If you could go back in time, what is something that you would tell your younger self? Uh, I think it would just be that it gets better. And 
you like something doesn't mean that you're passionate about it. Find what you're passionate about, not what you like. Can you expand? I'm so curious. Can you expand on that? What do you mean by if you like something, you may not be well, passionate? Like, I, I was like, a, I did uh, opera and singing when I was a kid. Like, that was my hobby. I never did sports. And I liked it. It was okay. But passion until I found boxing. And the first time I found boxing, I was like, this is like, I, I realized what passion was the first time. And I don't think it's understand like when kids are getting involved in sports and and you know trying new things you don't know what passion feels like so you I really thought I was passionate about singing I really liked it but I when I found boxing I realized oh no no this is passion I just liked singing. now Mike I guess a question that, that I would have for you is do you think that there's something else out there that you haven't tried that you'd be more passionate about it's funny, every time I try something new, I'm like, this is the thing I'm gonna be good at the first time. So like, I'll, I started during the pandemic skiing and I was like, obviously horrific at it because I was just learning. And I was like, no, this is the thing. This is the thing I'm gonna be super into. So every time I try something new, I actually go in with that attitude that it could possibly be the next big thing for me, like my biggest passion. But so I get to find that thing, but I always try to keep that attitude that is possible. But you always come back to boxing. Yeah, I just, I can't not do it. It's just, it's my purpose. I just know boxing's my purpose. I just know that. So that's why I've uh, put so many obstacles. I've just kept pitter-pattering away in Thunder Bay for nine years because I knew that one day I'm going to know why, why it's my purpose. So yeah, it's just, um, I just know it. Just, you just have that belief deep in your heart. You have you found out why it's your purpose yet? I think I'm on the verge. I think I'm, uh, I have a sneaky suspicion. I just, okay. I can't share it yet. Kind of, oh. kind of, it's listen to my big announcement. So, um, I can't share that yet, <laughs> but yeah, so just, I, I'm, what? I was going to say, you're just teasing for a second episode then. I think I might be. Yeah, maybe. Well, definitely teasing for people to go check out boxing underscore JD on the socials. That's for sure. Uh, last question I ask every one of the guests here. What is something you do every day that you are proud of? I've been getting up and doing those gosh darn runs. Like, I don't, like, again, I like running. I don't love And now it's just been so, like, I am not a morning person. So getting up, like, 6 o'clock, depending on what I have to do for the and getting in that 45-minute hour run, thing has been like something I'm really proud of because there's always that when you first open your eyes there's always that to just I just not do it but what's motivating me right now is that um this is my big break in boxing I know it is like what I have coming up so it's you worked nine years for this moment you sure in the hell better go on that run so I'm really proud of myself for just keeping motivated with this insane uh workouts keep keep on pushing just knowing that hey like you worked for this for nine years. Like, don't throw away those years. Like, this, you need to go on this run. I put a lot of pressure. I'm really proud of that. I actually get out there and do it. <laughs> now, I know I was kind of wrapping up here, but more things popped in my head. What are some, I guess, who are some boxers, either male or female, that you like to watch and study? 
Honestly, I saw Caitlin Clark, like Ontario, Caitlin Clark, uh, fight at Women Reign, and she was so interesting because not only testing Sid from like Sid Fit and Team Destiny, he is so interesting to watch coach because he's just like like the years of experience. He's just like leaning back, like all the all the lesser experienced coaches are leaning forward and screaming, and he's just like, yeah, get in there, yep, yep so calm and she's so calm like when she's fighting that I just find that teamwork just so fun to watch I really enjoyed watching her two fight women watching Sid's coaching just and of course like he works with Mandy so you know you're getting like top of the line you're seeing the best right like when you see um and then on the pro side I really like obviously I like a good Clarissa Shields fight I like Mm -hmm. um I like, I don't, I like anything that, uh, like, grows women's boxing. Like, I like, I just like, because I, I don't just like watching the skill and technique. I like watching that business side, like I was saying. The I like what, to see what people do to put on a show. Um, I'm really, right now, loving for my champion series. I'm looking at a lot of old boxing. Um, I think it was Willie Pep the other day from 19 was the world champion 1940s and just seeing that step like and then I'm like wait just put a pep in your step come from Willie Pep I'm not sure like so then I'll go that go down that rabbit hole because like he would his footwork would do this make this V motion so I'm really getting into like the history right now and watching um just the different champions that maybe we don't remember uh, from past generations so I gave you a little variety. I gave you a pro, I gave you a local Ontario boxer, and I gave you a boxer from the 1940s. So <laughs> All over the place. Now, Heather Hardy, she's in bare knuckle. Is that right? No, 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 no. She was in MMA briefly, but no, she's... Oh, okay. I must be thinking of, of somebody else here. What's your thoughts on the yeah. bare knuckle boxing? Um, I don't really... Like, it doesn't really involve me, so I don't... I don't honestly have an opinion. Um, yeah, I just... That's the... Watch it. I, I just... I... I don't like having a... Like, as a lawyer, you're not supposed to have opinions on things before you really educate... You know, you're just putting noise out there. So I, I'm honestly not educated enough on it to give an opinion. I, I think sometimes no opinion is the best opinion. Yeah, Probably. It keeps you out of trouble, for sure. Perfect. Well, I'm going to let you go here. Wait, one more. I lied. One more. Oh, and then okay, I, okay. Um, kind of growing up and, and, and developing into the person you are. Because I say growing up, but I don't think you ever really stopped growing, uh, you know. But so anyway, growing into the person you are now. Who have been some, some role models, not necessarily boxers, but role models in your life? Oh, and like, like, well, in the, my boxing life, I recently, um, got to like, oh, I recently got to talk to Christy Martin on the phone, who like essentially saved women's boxing at one point. So that was pretty cool, and that was definitely I look back on for the for the boxing aspects. I look back on people like that who put themselves out there, and they're the reason a lot of to box today because boxing actually wasn't legalized in Canada until 1991 um and that's like shortly before I was so it's people like that just growing up like really young I look <laughs> this is so stupid 
I used to look up to politicians a lot. I really, really liked politics from a very... I was reading books about, like, Pierre Elliott Trudeau when I was in grade three. Like, I was really a really smart academic kid. And um, I read about, like, like just, like, my like my low-key and, like, it's so stupid. I actually he's he passed recently, but I ended up volunteering for him when I was doing my poli-sci degree in Ottawa. Um, John Rafferty was his name. Uh, so, I, like, I, like, just different politicians, and I know that's, honestly, as an adult, I'm, like, disgusted by that, <laughs> but as a kid, I just, like, I I wanted to be a pol- run for office. I want, like, as an adult, I'm, like, I'm jaded already, <laughs> so I, now I'm, like, hey, kid, like, sure, but I used to watch a lot of, uh, I don't know, what else to watch? This is one of those questions I'm going to have all the answers later. Um, I really liked, uh, I don't know. I honestly, you're stumping me with this. Tough one. Um, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was doing so good. I got all the questions so good and I, I'm just stumped. Um, yeah, honestly, it was just, uh, yeah, honestly, I was like bullied really badly as a kid. So. I found my refuge in reading and like Harry Potter books and JK Rowling and that's a little bit taboo right now so I want to go into that um there's another person too that I looked up to and as a kid and I can't talk about it because I'll get canceled oh my god okay let's just say it was really bad people but um don't when you're a kid sometimes you look up to people that you later find out are not good people so just be careful is what I'm gonna say you know, I 100% feel you're coming from. And growing up, I used to go home for lunch when I was in high school. And when I was at home, I used to watch reruns of, I think it was called The Cosby Show. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Right? And, you know, then I saw his stand up and I was like, this guy oh. is hilarious. And look yeah, how that, yeah. I kind of know what you're talking about. His stand-up was kind of alluding at it, though, because I really like comedy albums. Like, I love comedy. I have some co- old comedy albums, like Don Rickles and, like, a Cosby one. And, like, he has this thing about, like, Spanish... Some sp- something, like, drink that... Or it was... It was it alluded to, like, uh, bad things, doing bad things. Like, cause, like, it's almost 2020, right? You hear it. Hindsight's 2020. You hear it now, and you're like, oh, how did people not notice he was up to no good? <laughs> But yes, you know. Yeah. So I know uh, what you're talking. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Do you have any questions for me? Um. Uh, did I cut into your gym time by uh by uh being late? (laughs) No, no. It's it's all right. It's okay. That's actually. that's a huge concern of mine because like when I other fighters time, I'm like, oh, am I cutting into I'm so sorry, is this your gym? Stop. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to plan the podcast in a very certain way where I can navigate around the other things in my life. Perfect. Yes. If That's it, what content creation is all about. It is, it is. Now, the fun part, your time, plug all your social media. 
Okay, so I'm on YouTube, uh, Instagram under, at boxing underscore JD. I'm on the streaming platform Kick under boxing underscore JD. We're going to be doing more streaming in the future. Be able to ask questions, uh, grill me um, on anything from no legal questions, please. But if you're thinking about going to law school, we talk about that. If you're thinking about a career change in the law, uh, boxing, you want to change a gym, what should you look out for? Um, if you have a boxing experience, I have probably experienced it. Most, a lot of the negative stuff as well as a lot of the good stuff. So definitely uh, check out that. I'm going to be going into more longer content on uh, boxing underscore JD on YouTube. I, um, yeah, my content's always evolving. Lots is coming out. About, uh, things I've learned through my fights in my nine years of boxing. Uh, I do hauls. I do history lessons. And uh, different boxers that maybe you haven't heard of or heard of in a long time. Um, actually, I had a, pro, a current pro be like, I want a, I want a video about me. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to have to start like a Champions of Today series. I don't know. But yeah, there's always something new coming out. I'm always having new ideas. Um, I got a lot of big things happening for me in my boxing as I uh, enter open class. So I hope people follow along, follow my all my social all my socials and uh yeah we have a lot of fun and i think there's gonna be a lot of exciting stuff coming up that'll keep people's attention i'm excited to follow along your journey and all of your promotion of the sport of boxing last mm -hmm. thing thank you very much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your knowledge and and sharing the platform that you use thank you and Letters about my opinions to Dylan Burroughs uh, on Instagram. He'll be happy to hear them and then delete them. <laughs> no, no legal questions, though. I like that you stuck that in there. Yeah, we have to be really careful as, and everything I've said today is not on, um, it's not the scenario of things. Not that anything was legal, but <laughs> yeah, you have to be a lawyer. You have to cover your butt because uh, always something popping trying to take you down. So yeah, you got to be careful with that the first thing they teach you in law school. Interesting. So I'm curious here. I mean, how has boxing affected your legal career at all? Well, um, can we come back can to that? Please. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but we're on the verge of that. Maybe it will. Let's, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. All right, then I will, I'll, I'll leave it at like that. And, and, who knows? Maybe with the new announcement of the announcement, there'll be uh, episode two. <laughs> yes. Hey, nice talking to you. You take care. Have a great night. Good night. Bye. Also, guys, please don't forget, subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you guys listen to your podcast. Make sure you guys get the updates on more episodes as well. Facebook page, Instagram. And now also, guys, super happy, finally got around on the bandwagon, TikTok. Yes, all those will be in the description below as well.